1: You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Eddie Qureshi. Eddie is the founder at Valorant Health. Eddie, welcome to the show. Thanks, JP. Great to be here. We're delighted to have you. So, Eddie, we've got lots to talk about today, but let's start with yourself, please, as we do with all of our guests. Could you give us a bit of an overview of your background in technology and what your journey has been like from where you got started, some of the roles you've held along the way, and what's led you to
2: where you are today as a founder of Valorant Health? So my background getting here in AI enabled digital health has been a whining journey, but I started off in biochemistry and synthetic biology. I'm a lab trained scientist and was pipetting things from one place to the other, applying the, some of the foundational concepts around data science to biochemistry, which is what synthetic biology is, but over time, really, my driving force has been creating better and better access to care and healthcare specifically. So for a while, I was working in early stage drug discovery, as well as medical devices, diagnostics, before coming to digital Hall, which I really think is the, the biggest move to increase access to care, not in just the United States, but potentially around the world. I was born and raised in Lahore, Pakistan. And this is pertinent to my journey as well, because my grandmother was one of the first female physicians in the country, and I got to see firsthand and experience how lack of equitable access to care can affect communities and have these ripple effects. After that, my family and I, we immigrated, passing through seven different cities, you know, three countries, two continents, and we ended up in a small town in rural Arkansas here in the United States. And over here in this town of less than 10,000 people, it was surprising to me as, as an immigrant, as somebody whose family had worked in healthcare, about how many boundaries and barrier stacks in care still existed here in the U.S. So for me, it's always been about how do you continue to move the needle on getting more and more people access to care? Because here in the United States now, 57 million people live in under and unserved areas. That is more than the populations of Australia and Canada and Luxembourg combined. And not only is that just wild to me, but that problem is actually being exacerbated in the last few years, as a lot of the healthcare facilities in some of these under and unserved areas are closing in five times the national average. So that's why we're here at Ballard Health, we built an AI enabled Marketplace to help that connectivity happen in a smart, efficient, and reliable way. Really, we see this as Health Digital Health 2.0. We're going we to open up the healthcare economy and give patients in these under and unserved areas greater access to their own health data and their healthcare care activity. And uh, we do this in partnership with about three dozen different digital health partners Fast the country. Amazing. Thank you so much for
1: the background and really appreciate you giving us the motivations behind launching Health. So you launched the business in spring of 2019. So you're just past your four and a half year mark recently. Can you talk to us about the, what the journey has been like today, particularly from the early stages of coming up with the concept, building out the first models, ingesting all the data? Talk to us about some of the unique da- data, data science, data engineering, AI, components and aspects of that build and take us up to where you are today in the most current version of the Valorant Health platform.
2: If Valorant Health was a child, which is sometimes the people compare startups to that, I'd be getting ready to put uh, in, you know, first grade. So that's, it's that part, of the journey. For us, my background has been in applying AI and machine learning to deep sciences, right? So synthetic biology. So I was familiar with the concepts large, big data, and how to leverage it. But this was out of my area of expertise. So this is where JP and you'll appreciate it was that finding the right folks who joined the team to help move our mission forward. For the first year of the build, it was really surrounding ourselves with the right team that was going to be part, setting up the fundamental framework on which we could build company and start helping these people. So both having that mission alignment and then going out and starting to build out these people, both from the advisory board members, glad to say that we did end up getting some amazing ones to join the team, including the ninth secretary of the department of veterans affairs from the Obama and Trump administration, Dr. David Shulkin ended up joining our team. And we ended up having some amazing folks join us as well as our chief medical officer, who was deputy inspector general of Navy medicine, Dr. Paul Hamer, um, and. Here, we really started building not only with the policy and technology infrastructure, and like you're saying, the AI piece, which was for us specifically on how do you personalize that care, accessibility, and also make it do it in a culturally sensitive way, where specifically we work with a lot of folks in black and brown communities from the Veteran Health Administration side, and we also work with a lot of indigenous communities. And actually bring digital health, especially in the mental health and behavioral health and primary care space to these communities. So for us, it's about how do you create that culturally sensitive, equitable access to care and AI is a really big piece of that. Not only are we actually dealing with novel data sets in a sense, but not losing the humanity within that, because we are seeing some of the demographics and populations that have been traditionally overlooked in medical literature.
1: In your introduction and the backstory to Valorant, you reference how these underserved areas are losing some of their health systems and they're not keeping up to date with modern services. When you look at the success that Valorant Health has had over the past four four and a half years, what are some of the examples that you can share with us where you've impacted a community and it's resulted in better treatment, more access to treatment? Can you think of some examples that you can share with us, which really demonstrates how Valorant Health has?
2: had a positive impact on this space. So where we first started, it was around going and providing this care connectivity for us. And even as we're building out the technology infrastructure in an early stage team, like you do everything. There's all the different hats you yeah. have to wear as a founder and CEO. And one of those stories really sticks in my head as the prime example of what we're doing and what uh, our team gets up and does every day and why it's so impactful, which is. We started working with a, an indigenous nation, based out of North and South Carolina, and when we first arrived, we got a set of patient information for a couple, 74 and 75 years old. They had been waiting for care for 10 and 10 and a half months, respectively. They had preliminary diagnosis in schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, respectively. For us, it was really important to use our technology to make that connectivity happen as quickly as possible, take a virtual first approach without losing sight, of any additional care that might be needed as well. And I'm happy to say that we were able to connect them up in, within 15 hours and within 24 hours from the first patient handoff, they were able to go get prescriptions they that needed. That's a prime example of what we do. Most of our appointments and connectivity happen within the first 24 hours. And as we mentioned that this problem is really exacerbated in certain geographies and around the country. And for us, it's really important to make sure that we can use and leverage technology and AI to bridge that gap. Because in some of these communities, they're facing additional financial troubles. And that's what's causing the health systems in those areas to start shutting down at an alarming rate. So this is not only something that is needed for now, but it's actually something that's going to become more and more prevalent in the future. And we really think this is this huge community, 67 million people, which accounts for roughly $820 billion that's going to be spent in healthcare on an annual basis, is going to be the forefront. This is the next biggest frontier in healthcare, in the largest healthcare market in the yeah. world that we need to be mindful of. And the amount of good you can do in a space is also just boundless.
0: You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com.
1: I want to spend some time, Eddie, talking about uh, the technology behind the scenes at Valorant and the team involved in helping get the platform and product to where it is today. Obviously, the topic of our podcast is AI in action. And a lot of what we do is try to cut through the hype behind AI to talk about the day-to-day, how you're using data, whether it be on the computational science side, whether it be on data analysis, data ingestion. Can you share with us what the current technology and data team looks like, the various positions and skill sets that you've had to bring in to get get you to where you are today, and just what it's like to be part of the overall data team.
2: So I think the first most, most important piece here is the mission of the company has been fundamental on building a team around it. Because what we're doing, we are a for-profit company, but it's so important to not lose sight of all the good that we can do with this. And when you're dealing with healthcare, you can't just be right 90% of the time. You have to be exact and be mindful that these are lives so you're dealing with. So that's something that's very important to us using AI in a curated and mindful way. So that's been a big piece of how we built our team. Now I'm happy to say our team is amazing, <laughs> comes with a huge deep in AI including some team members coming from AI, Amazon, and Meta, where for us, it's really about leveraging it for, for this healthcare care connectivity piece. The way we've structured it is how do we get the most amount of relevant information that's actionable? That's how we really start our patient journey and how the technology is set up. So I mentioned in our earlier conversation that we get, Patients handed to us. So we do come from a place of care navigator with a physician oversight. So a provider you've already seen gives us the relevant information to make that next leap in your healthcare journey. So for us, our technology ingests that information, has the patient give their consent and accept all the relevant information, update it if needed. And then we are able to open it up to an ecosystem of healthcare services and providers that are clinically validated and licensed to make that care connectivity happen. We have over 6,000 providers that are in network for us, over three dozen digital health providers as well that have clinical validation on a whole host of healthcare needs. So for us, it's about making that connectivity happen for that individual, based on the relevant information that we have. So we went out and built interoperability within different care infrastructure to make that happen as seamlessly as possible using a, both personalization, as far as coverage is concerned, which is such an important part of healthcare system that we set up, but also taking into account the urgency of need and counting for low, medium, and high acuity, as it's called intensive needs care. And our system accounts for all of that. And you still have human element built in as the patient coordinator, because that's something that's important as part of the experience for your healthcare. So we use all elements of that cloud-based system to make that happen. And over time, we're able to work within these communities, the same patient populations over five, 10 years, and really build better understanding for their needs as they evolve and bring in new partners as those needs start for us as well. It's
1: such an interesting time to be in this space. And when we look at when Valorant Health launched right before COVID, which for all its difficulties, one of the positives that has come out of the post-COVID era was the acceleration of adoption and investment in transformative digital health and services like Valorant Health to try and bring modern healthcare to underserved communities. And, and that's just now starting to take hold. So there's so much potential for this space in, in the coming months and years. When you look at Valorant's health journey thus far and you take stock of what you've been able to accomplish today, looking ahead now, when you look particularly the next few years, what are some of the major milestones you're working towards? What are you most excited about and what sort of growth are you hoping to see particularly the next 18 to 24 months.
2: We're lucky enough to be listed for 30 under 30 for social impact this year for yeah. the work that we've been doing. And that's really a testament, I think, to what's going to happen with the Valant Health journey over the coming years. For us, it's on the technology piece, it's so powerful to be able to have that interoperability, that seamless, that end-to-end, giving patients essentially one Key to unlock all of their healthcare as it float between different systems, between payers, between providers, and that's the fundamental vision that we're building. And I can I'm very proud to say that we're closer to that reality than we sometimes tend to think. Well, our team actually built and launched a single sign-on feature, so just as easily as you can bounce it around different softwares with a Single click, like login with Facebook or login with Google, we, log, we launched a login with Valorant single sign-on piece. The reason why that's so important is it allows patients to go from end to end through all these different services without losing track of where they are in the journey and being able to pr- bring that relevant information back to their primary care providers. That's the technology stack where we're going. What we're able to build in why I mentioned this as the largest healthcare frontier that's still untapped is because of three major waves. You mentioned the what happened under COVID and how this technology was able to get really advanced in a certain sense. So that's number one for sure, that technology has matured a lot in virtual first care in not just the last three years, but actually the last 10, where we're able to see that this is a viable option for providing a lot of care. Number two is actually policies have evolved a lot in the last five years where we're able to have patients request information and providers have to provide it in a digital and scalable way. And a lot of the major systems actually need technology, infrastructure, plugins to make that happen. Now, the last one is actual physical infrastructure. So if we're mentioning these geographic areas that these sixty-seven million people are living in, that has been traditionally less accessible because of limits in broadband. This current administration really has focused on a huge plan to make that care connectivity scale in the next few years. So not only is this huge market, these huge populations, finally able to get access to broadband, able to actually change health in possibly the most significant way that we've seen potentially since COVID. So for us, it's about taking these macro level effects and building the actual infrastructure on which we can make that connectivity happen in a reliable way, where, where this boom in digital health now leads to how do you actually navigate between them with the internet taking off, we needed a landing page to help us navigate to the actual end goal we were looking for, the actual page we were looking for. That's effectively what we're building in healthcare, being able to parse between wellness, clinical, primary, mental health, behavioral health, and do it in an automated way that's actually approachable because healthcare just can't be overlooked as far as experience and payments are concerned. Final question from me, Eddie. We were talking
1: about this uh, off-air and the importance of getting the message out for Valorant Health, in part due to the need to continue to add talent in this space. AI data talent who have a background and experience in healthcare, very short supply, very high demand. So attracting talent in the startup world is always an uphill battle. You've had great success with bringing people in to join you on this mission, but from what we've talked about, there's more growth in store. Speaking to an audience of potential future employees, can you talk, give us some insight and talk to us about what opportunities there are going to be for people in the data and AI world to come and join Hell? And part two of the question is, when you're talking to candidates about Hell, what is it that you tell them? We're hoping to be able to grow
2: our team by, by five times in the next six months. So huge boom, coming for us. And like you're saying, finding the right talent and the right people is what's brought the company to where it is today. And I'm a firm believer that's what's going to take us to the next level as well. What we're looking for is people who are constant learners because the field is moving forward in such a massive way with new tools and new ways to leverage them constantly coming out. Be able to problem solve in a high, fast paced environment and also using data, not just as a collection tool, but actually figuring out how to best bring it back to the mission of the company. And that's where for us, it's we've really seen the good and the great team members that we brought on re- really show themselves is taking these novel data sets that we're counting for the very first time. And seeing how do we actually keep bringing it back to the mission, keep scaling it and building it in a way that's going to not only be exciting, but actually impactful. Because those are the two things that we really look at is always asking ourselves the question of what are we building and why? So using these tools, having a background in it is helpful. But I truly believe that being able to be a constant learner is the thing that really the friendship.
1: Eddie, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. I was really looking forward to this particular episode, just given the success that Valorant Health has had and the space that you're operating in. And from hearing you talk to us about the mission, the backstory, and most importantly, the road ahead, there's so much potential, and it's such an exciting space. And for our audience, many of whom are data professionals looking for the next interesting and exciting company to work at, Valorant has really given us a great look behind the scenes. It sounds like a fun place to be where you guys can have a real impact. So we wish you, the team and everyone at Valorant Health, the very best of luck in the months and years to come. And we look forward to having you back on the show again in the near future. Thanks so much, JP. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oldest Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.